I got to race in the mountains last weekend. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, let me just tell you, uh, on episode 24 of the Run the Riot podcast, uh, we visited with Reese Jenkins. He's uh, he's from Wales, and uh, we were talking to him mainly about his journey to do the Badwater 135 for the second time. And and so I've been following him along and, and following all his training and his sauna training and everything he's been doing, and of course it got canceled. And so... I just interviewed Reese, um, but you're not going to get to hear it yet um, because he's going to do a massive, amazing uh, journey. He's going to be running, trying to get the FKT um, for the coastal part of Wales. It's 867 miles, and he's going to try to do it in 19 days. And so... um, he he's he's gonna he's a beast so he's gonna he i talked to him about everything that's going into that so i want you to look him up check it check it out Uh, i'm gonna put a link in the show notes to reese's information so you can follow along because he starts on the 21st and there'll be some tracking and uh he's doing it for some great charities and so if you want to give to any of those charities you can check that out so uh so follow reese follow his journey he's trying to get this fkt he's a good guy and like i said he's doing it for charity so um so look for that link follow along and then we'll get to hear i'm going to interview him after he does it and uh so it'll be one podcast but it'll be the before and after so we'll get to hear what the plan was and we'll get to hear what worked what didn't work and and uh, all the gruesome awesomeness of it so um anyway check that out so uh i just want to thank real quick our sponsors for the run the riot podcast um you know, I do this because I love to do it, but it's great to to have a little bit of help and have people to to partner with. And so, uh, first of all, I want to thank the Outlaw Race Series. This weekend, I was uh, you'll hear about my race uh, out in Colorado, but uh, this week they. Um, the Outlaw Race Series put on the Dark and Dirty Race, and it sold out. It was a, a I think he said that there were two hundred and fifty runners uh, at the race, so it was a success. It was good. I heard a lot of great things about it. People enjoyed themselves and uh, enjoyed the course. And so, uh, check out the Outlaw Race Series. Uh, it includes the Flat Rock Triple Crown, the Lake McMurtry, the Flower Moon Rush, and then this this one that just happened, the Dark and Dirty. And the flagship is the Outlaw 100. It's uh, it's a tough technical 100 miler. And so, if you that's what you're looking for, you need to check it out. So go to outlaw100.com. And also brought to you by T8. Dot run. It's uh, gear for ultra runners by ultra runners, and the flagship product are, is the the Commando race underwear. I guess you call them. They're guaranteed to keep you chafe free. So go to t8.run and uh, check that out. They've also got some Sherpa charts and some other things on there. And if you use the code fifty run the riot, you get a discount. And uh, last but not least, uh, I just want to thank uh, those who have supported us through Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically um, where you can just support 
what you're listening to. Uh, a lot of podcasts have it, and it's just a way of, of throwing a, a few bucks a month uh, to just help with the cost to partner with the podcasts. And, uh, you know, if, if a whole bunch of people give a few bucks a month, it helps. Or if one or two people give a hundred bucks a month, whatever, you know, just, and so I want to thank, uh, Brad Bates, uh, for, for partnering with the run the riot podcast. Thank you, man. And then I also want to thank run trails, eat bacon. (laughs) I like it. I like it. So thank you guys for, for partnering with us and being a part of the run the riot podcast. And all right. So now here we go with silver heels, 100 racing during COVID report. My friends, as I stated earlier, I got to race this weekend. And so I thought it'd be interesting to maybe talk about uh, what it was like to race during this era of COVID. First of all, let me say I was pretty excited to get to actually go somewhere and race. So um, this past weekend, I ran the Silver Heels 100 in Fair Play, Colorado. If you don't know where that is, it's I guess about an hour and a half southwest of Denver um, and fair play is itself at just under 10,000 feet. So it's pretty, uh, pretty high up there, man. Soon as I, uh, so anyway, I, I, the, the race itself started on, um, Saturday morning. So I was able to go, uh, get out there on the Thursday, stayed with some friends in Denver, um, got to hang out there for, for the evening and actually found some pretty good Cajun food in Denver. So that was cool. Um, and then um, Friday morning, went on out to Fair Play uh, and uh, met with a friend out there, uh, Sean Barnes. We got to uh, hang out a little bit and um, and uh, eat some, I guess I'm going to talk about all the food we, <laughs> we ate while we were out there, but we ended up driving into Breckenridge and, and uh, having supper uh, out there. And um, so it was kind of interesting because of um, the the you know, COVID things were a lot different. Now, if you're not familiar with Silver Heels, um, it is, it's a tough race. Uh, it runs out of fair play. Like I said, uh, it goes up, uh, Silver Heels mountain and, and really some of the mountains around there. And the average elevation for the race is, is well over, uh, it's over 10,000, uh, feet of elevation uh, average it gets up to i believe the high point is the at the silver heels mine which we hit twice uh that gets up to over twelve thousand feet so i live in oklahoma and i could definitely feel when we got out there to fair play i could definitely feel the elevation just just moving my bags around or doing things uh and i knew it i've been there before um so it's one of those things where you just train real hard and hope for the best, unless you've got an altitude tent or you've got some kind of way to deal with it. Uh, because I just can't, you know, afford to be able to get out there 10 days ahead of time, a week ahead of time, uh, to acclimate to the elevation. So anyway, let's talk about the COVID stuff and then we'll get into the race and how that went for me. Um, uh, John, uh, Sherpa John, who, who puts on, uh, LaCroix, who puts on Silver Heels and some other races. Uh, he's a controversial guy, but, um, he does a good job uh, with putting the races on. Um, so, 
he he mapped out really well ahead of time the way things were going to go for COVID and and planning for it. So uh, here are the things, I guess, the highlights of the precautions that were uh, for it. So first of all, instead of a pre-race meeting the night before, that was done Monday of the week before the race online. Uh, He did it via Facebook Live and just just talk through uh, the the color, you know, the regular pre-race meetings, uh, the markings to follow, what the signs would look like, uh, any particulars on on you know on the race, and he went through a lot of these COVID precautions that I'm about to to, to bring up now, and so. Um, some of the so not only do we, do we have their pre-race meeting uh, remotely, he also posted it afterwards for the people that couldn't watch it live, so they were responsible to watch it. Uh, John always sends a lot of uh, information about the races pre-race. I mean, if you uh, and he basically says that you're responsible for knowing this stuff, um, you know, which is which is you know, you go and run 100 miles in the mountains, you need to do your homework, make sure you know what's going on, and uh, he expects you to. So. Um, uh, COVID precautions at the start finish, man. Uh, well, when we went and we had to, to, to check in the night before and dr- do our drop bags, um, we had temperature checks. Um, and when you walked up, you had to, you know, wear a mask or pull a, a bluff over your over your face and uh, and you social distanced, you know, stay about six feet apart from people. We had to sign a special waiver. Um, you know, a COVID waiver, you know, if we get COVID and die, it's not, not his fault. <laughs> so, uh, uh, which is completely understandable. Um, so, um, we had a temperature check, went in, uh, signed the form. And then we got, uh, when, once you signed the form and got your temperature checked, you, uh, got a, a wristband that says, I can't believe I signed up for this. Um, and that wristband basically said, you know, you, you've been through the check. And so you were expected to keep that on, you know, for the beginning of the race too, which I, I, nobody really looked at it beginning of the race, but I'm, I'm guessing, you know, they were eyeballing, making sure everybody had it. So there was, there was that. And then at the start of the race, the next morning, the race started at 4 a.m. really early. Um, for me, it started at 4 a.m., but there were some, there were different waves, uh, 10 minute intervals uh, of waves so some some of them started 440 450 and then i mean 3 340 350 and then four o'clock so um there were 55 runners i believe in the 100 and so it was just all spaced out you know uh accordingly and so every you know everybody spreads out during 100 anyway but uh this was just a way to kind of helped the spread you know it spread it out at the beginning so we all at the start and finish we had our our masks pulled up over our noses our, our bluffs pulled up over our noses and um he started us in our waves and we we took off so that that was pretty good that worked out well spread everybody out and while we were running um basically he, you know he gave us the instructions when you're running if you're passing somebody or crossing somebody you know, pull up the pull up your bluff over your nose real quick or your mask or whatever you're wearing. Um, and if you're running with someone you don't know, basically, you know, if they're OK without you wearing pulling the bluff over your face and if you're OK with it, you can just run and visit. Um, and so that's most of the people that, you know, I ran alongside. We didn't worry about it. We're outside. It was I'll talk a little bit in a minute. It was a hot day. And so we just we just enjoyed 
racing together, running with people. It was good. On the out and backs, when people were crossing, most of the time we'd pull up our bluffs. I mean, you're really crossing them really fast, and most of the trails uh, were pretty wide. It was not an issue. Um, And so, um, not a big deal. Not a big deal. So, um, now the aid stations, we all know that in ultra aid stations, there can be some nastiness, you know, Um, where there's just bowls of food and people that have been you know applying lube and scratching areas and playing in the dirt or just you know reaching in and grabbing potato chips and m&ms and and touching all everybody else's food and yeah that's just kind of how it happens well in this era of covid there were a little there's some changes so when we ran up to an aid station we were supposed to pull up our bluff over our nose you know like mask and 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 i I just want to say this all the aid station volunteers were amazing um I, i think everybody was just ready to get back to running and and be a part of something and i just um you know these they were out volunteering in the heat in the during the day and in the cold at night and they were so friendly so happy so ready to just be there and and helpful at at every aid station it was it was great so i just want to say kudos to everybody who was uh who was at an aid station, uh, who volunteered to help out. Thank you so much, especially cause you had to wear a mask the whole time. So all the aid station people had to wear a mask, uh, the whole time. And so, uh, we basically weren't allowed to touch anything, uh, as runners. So we went up with our mask on and they, they asked us if we wanted food or whatever. We could sit in a chair. Some of them had chairs that we could, we could plop down in for a little bit. The dreaded chair or the, the, chair we embraced and loved a lot of times but um we were at we were told that we should probably bring like um a little ziploc baggie or something or or some kind of container if we want to take food to go and so if we wanted let's just say uh, m&ms we say i want some m&ms and what they would do they had basically gloved hands or hands that were freshly um uh, decontaminated, you know, and, uh, but they would use tongs and they would pick up some and they would just drop them either in our container or drop them in our hands. There was no contact there. And, uh, same thing with chips or, um, any other wraps that they made. And so it was regular fare for, uh, aid stations. You know, they had just about everything that, that normally you would have at an ultra. Um, there was just these protocols in place. And then, so what what we would do oftentimes if you were going to stay at the aid station a little while, um, they would put it in your hands and you would just step back, pull the bluff down and, you know, and eat your food. If you were going to stay there and wait and see how your stomach did or whatever. Um, and then, um, for soup and things like that, they had, uh, he had some cups, uh, insulated cups that you could put it in. Um, we were, it was, pretty much cupless other than that if you just wanted like a cup of ginger or whatever we you know you would t- you had to bring your own foldable cup or our collapsible cup uh you know which everybody i saw ha- had a cup they pulled it out and you would just hold it out and they would dump it in they would pour in whatever you needed now for to fill i, I used the bladder for this race because um, i was trying out the zygos uh, 4.0 for, that i'm going to use for moab and so it's got a bladder uh, insulated in an insulated pocket and so what i would do is i'd open up my um 
I would basically open up the bladder in the bag and hold it open. And they had pitchers that were filled up with either water or, or they were using a base electrolytes in a different one. And you tell them which one you want and they'd fill up a pitcher and then they would just pour it into your bladder or your bottle or whatever you had. So there was no contact. We didn't touch the coolers or anything. And so, um, so that worked, that limited contact, that limited, um, you know, people breathing on each other and, and, and all of that. Um, there were a couple, uh, water only aid stations where you kind of had to help yourself. So there was probably some contact there, but other than that, um, the, the manned aid stations were, were great. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't worry too much anyway, but, um, you know, I really wasn't concerned or worried that that anything that was being done was putting me in, in more danger or that I was putting anyone else in, in more danger. So uh, I thought it was done well. I thought it was good. Um, there were no after race festivities. And, you know, man, I I like after race festivities. I like being able to hang out, eat some, some trashy food, you know, that you've earned and, and sit there and talk to people and watch other people come in. Um, this year, normally, uh, the start and finishes at the, the rec center there in fair play. And this year, uh, John was able to do it at the, um, at the high school track. So it was really cool. Um, you know, but we just couldn't have the, the post race festivities, but there were some people that were able to kind of spread out uh, along the field and be in different areas, you know, be distant from other people. And so there were still some people cheering on, you know, when, when, uh, when I finished and when other people were finished. So, uh, you know, people got to hang out a little bit. So that was basically, I think that's mainly the, the COVID uh, precautions that were taken. I have to say the town of fair play, uh, a lot of the, um, the, the grocery store, they wanted you to, there was a sign, you know, wear a mask when you go in. Uh, there's a little Asian fusion restaurant that I've, I've been to a few times when I've been in the fair play. Uh, you couldn't go in and sit down and eat. Uh, you had to walk to the front door, call and tell them what you wanted. Uh, they take your information and then they would just bring it out to you. That was fine. I ended up eating there after the race. Um, but there looks like there were some things that were open. You know, you were able to go grocery shopping. You were able to do, um, you know, most of what you needed to do. And if I needed supplies or whatever, I could get it. And so the town was, you know, I guess, uh, one of the things that was interesting to me in traveling from, um, Tulsa area in Oklahoma, going through Kansas and then into Colorado, you know, stopping to get gas here and there. Um, the areas are just totally different. It's even within like Kansas or within Colorado, different parts are totally different. You get out in some areas and nobody's wearing a mask. Everybody's doing their thing. And you get out in another one, you know, two hours down the road and everybody's wearing a mask. And um, it's it's just uh, it's amazing how different it is from area to area um, in in Denver. It was pretty uh uh, a lot of people wearing masks and, and, you know, taking precautions and, uh, you know, in fair play, most of the places were, you know, taking precautions and all. So, um, it was just, a, it, it's amazing how different each area is. And, you know, when I talk to friends from all over different States, um, it, it just seems to just, just how it is, I guess, depending on, I guess, how severe the outbreak is in each area. So enough about the COVID let's talk about the race. Um, I just want to say 
This was a tough race. Uh, first of all, a 4 a.m. start. Lord have mercy. Uh, my notes here say 4 a.m. start. Lord. Um, that's early, uh, especially when I don't always. Sometimes I do, but I don't always sleep well the night before a race. I'm sure you can relate no matter what, even if I'm not really worried about it or it's not like a goal race. Sometimes I just have trouble sleeping. I'm afraid I'm going to oversleep. I'm checking my my phone throughout the night to see what time it is. I don't, you know, and um, so I didn't sleep real well. It was a little warm in the place I was staying. And so um, just didn't sleep real well. But Got up early, um, went to the, got to the start finish, pulled my buff up over my face, made sure I, the night before was, you know, making sure everything had everything together. I went with two drop bags. Um, there was this, uh, Terry all aid station that we would cross three times toward about the middle end of the race. And there was poor man's, uh, gulch aid station that we would cross, uh, I believe in the 20 something mile. And then later on at mile 88, I believe. And so I had, uh, I had drop bags there with some warm clothes strategically placed for at night. And that's where I put my headlamp for at night. But 4am start, I had to start with a headlamp and I'm sorry, in the, um, drop bag, I had my waist lamp or as Jennifer calls it, my belly button light. (laughs) So my ultra spire belly button light. Um, so we started at 4 a.m. I just used a headlamp because I knew I wasn't going to need it that long. Um, we, you basically take off out of fair play and you start going up a dirt road and it's pretty much a steady incline the whole first you know group of miles because you, you do an out and back to, um, to the Silver Heroes Mine, which is at 12,000 feet, which is one of the high points of the race. And so, um, basically you're just steady going up and in our group, um, we took off and, uh, my, my buddy drew from Denver, we were kind of, kind of taking the lead a little bit. And I was, you know, with my heart rate, the way it was with my lack of, of being at altitude, I just, I just backed off. Uh, I said, I I didn't want to just blow up early. So I let myself back off. I didn't push hard. And at mile, I think it was like mile three, there was a little steep bump of an incline. I was like, I'm going to walk it. I power hiked it for a little, at mile three, I was power hiking. That doesn't normally happen. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'm just going to, just going to take it slow. I'm, I'm going to do what I need to do. Um, the, the Silver Hills mine is an out and back. So when you get there, the way John had it set up, uh, you, there was a, a bracelet when one of the silicone bracelets that you grab and then when we did it later in the race there was a different color bracelet that we grabbed and that was proof that we went to the mine uh twice he said in past years they tried to do uh, a playing card you grab a playing card but i think the mormons ate them um and then they tried a hole punch before and i believe uh the hole punch broke um i think the year i did the last call 100 miler the I think the, the, the whole punch was broken, but anyway, um, early in the morning, it was nice, man. We got to see the sun come up. I just, I just love the mountains. I love being out there. I love getting to race out in the mountains. Um, and so it, it was good to be racing. It was good to be in the mountains and, uh, you know, the mornings are just so beautiful. I even got pictures of, you know, sun coming up, hitting the mountains and I was, I was enjoying it. You know, I was taking my time, still keeping, you know, keeping a decent pace. And then the sun came up all the way. <laughs> so, um, 
up in the mountains, 80 degrees. It's it's a dry, it's, you know, it's crisp, it's nice, but man, the sun beats down on you because you're closer to it. Lack of ozone and all that. It was hot. Um, it was, it got rough. And so I had to make a decision kind of like I did when we were doing the, um, the race in Owasso three weeks before the hundred miler, just during, you know, when it got hot, just had to back off, um, and, and not let it get to me too much. Um, John's got, he, he's known for doing this in his races, man. If there's a steep incline he that's that's where it's going to go if you're not sure where to go look look up and that's probably where it's going to go for some reason a lot of these trails um they don't know what a switchback is so it just kind of goes up um there were some pretty steep grades uh, on this on this race man uh on this course and so you know you just had to go up and and one of the things with with the way it was it's kind of a big out and back with a lollipop and a few little out and back extensions off of it well a lot of times you know like if you're cruising on a downhill you can't enjoy it because you know you're gonna have to turn around and come back up that sucker you know (laughs) so there was a lot of that um but the good thing is if you're grinding an uphill and some of them were so steep though if you were going up you're like oh hey this is steep well i get to come back down but some of them are so steep you can't just run down them you know you you've got to um you know i was using trekking poles i carried my trekking poles the whole time for this race um and you know you you just can't if it's too steep you just can't you know bomb down it i mean i guess maybe some of you can but not this guy uh without hurting myself um so about mile 15 and a half uh i'm cruising along and and we had you know hit some pretty rocky trails and all and i'm running along a dirt road i don't even know what i tripped on at mile 15 and a half i bit the i hit it hard and skidded across the i guess about five ten feet you know on the dirt and uh, luckily i was wearing some um, workout gloves that i wear when i used when i know i'm going to be using trekking poles for a long time and that saved my palm but i got a big old uh, strawberry on the side of my knee uh bruise on my butt on my right hip and um you know just just felt luckily nobody saw um there was a guy a little bit ahead of me but he didn't hear it or see it so uh i looked back nobody saw so uh i probably if i didn't say anything nobody no i didn't fall no <laughs> no but I, I i felt pretty hard um but i got up and you know you kind of kind of dust off and and you start start running again and see what works and what doesn't and everything felt good I, I really didn't have any issues uh you know with the fall except i got a nice little um you know scab on the side of my knee that uh that's still there but um so uh, other than that cruising along good race it got hot um had to back off pace and and start you know take take my time um i guess around mile in the 40 i started feeling uh i was doing a lot of power hiking especially in the heat and around mile 40 um man i was feeling uh, blisters on the insides of my heels and the only time i've ever gotten a blister before like that was uh during tahoe and so what i discovered was um i was wearing the uh, the olympus my uh, uh ultra olympus shoes i love those shoes they're great for these long distances especially if there's a lot of rocks and stuff they protect your feet my like the bottom of my feet feel great you know after the race um 
they're they're great and i can and when i'm running in them they're 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 perfect but that hiking motion when you're having a power hike and i noticed this in all my shoes because i was doing some hiking later on after the race in the week um that hiking motion does a rub in a lot of the in a lot of my shoes and so because i was power hiking so much both of my um heels on the inside man started blistering and so, um, man, I, I say I, I'm going to have to do something. So one of the aid stations, I, I don't know, mile 45, 47, um, I was like, do you guys have like some, some uh, medical tape or some duct tape? And they're like, we got duct tape. So I was like, all right, duct tape it is. So I duct taped my heels. Um, but I don't think I did a very good job. Of course, my feet were just nasty and dirty. I tried to dust them off as best as I could and then duct taped them. It felt good for a little while, but then the duct tape slipped off and it was hurting worse because it was moving around and rubbing. And those of you who had blisters before, man, you know, it can just kind of make you miserable. I, I figured, you know, I'm just going to keep running and, and, you know, I'll deal with this at the next aid station. Well, at the next aid station, uh, I asked, hey, do you guys have medical tape or the you know some more duct tape for me to try again and they were like yeah we have medical tape so they brought me medical tape i was like great awesome i'll be able to tape this up keep going in like hey we have a we also have some moleskin i was like moleskin i've never used moleskin before well let's give it a shot and so i i they had scissors and everything man great aid station these guys were awesome so i looked at the the blisters were getting pretty gnarly and and kind of big so man i cut the moleskin in the you know a little bit bigger than the blister into like a rectangle slapped it on there on one foot and then pulled this pulled my uh my sock up my uh, exo toes up over it uh put the shoe back on and i was like yeah this is i think this might work so i did the same thing on the other side and i want to tell you that moleskin works man uh i didn't worry about those blisters i still you know felt it a little bit but i didn't worry about the blisters for the rest of the race you know 50 plus miles and um now you know i had some issues afterwards i'm still you know still dealing with uh, the blisters healing but for the race it was great so i think uh i need to evaluate you know when i'm gonna know i'm gonna be doing a lot of hiking in a race like maybe taping up before uh, putting some tape on the inside of my heels, putting some moleskin on before, or maybe uh, look at the way I lace my shoes uh, or something. I did try to do some lacing adjustments uh, during the race, but it it it, it didn't help. So um, anyway, so that I, I never have to deal with stuff like that except for that one time at Tahoe and, and they taped it up afterwards. So if there's going to be a race with a lot of hiking, which I will be doing for Moab, uh, 240. And then next year when I'm doing, uh, the triple crown, I'll be doing a lot of hiking. So I'll need to deal with that. Um, and so, Hey, if anybody has anything that works for them, if they get those same kind of hiking, uh, rubs on the inside of their heels, let me know what you do. Um, you know, always looking for input, always looking for, you know, we can always grow. I don't care how many races we've done, man. We, we, we encounter things and we can learn from each other. So, so share that info if you got some. So, um, Anyway, the the heat from the race was rough because um, I was doing my best to hydrate. I did okay with hydrating. Um, You know, I feel like I can always do better. But um, uh, I... It was hard nutrition-wise because of the heat. Um, It was... And it was dry and dusty. At at one point, I had to... uh, 
uh, excuse if you're gross out, but I had to hock a loogie and it was gritty because of the dirt and dust and it gagged me. I was leaving an aid station. It was in the dark and I went to spit and it gagged me and I ended up throwing up the Doritos I just ate. So, um, yeah, if you run ultras, it, it, it'd be like that sometime. So, um, so I, I, I was always trying to catch up. Um, I don't do caffeine, you know, a week or two before a race. This one for this one, it was just a week out. I quit doing caffeine. And so when it started to get dark is when I, I allowed myself to start drinking uh, caffeine and I had the Starbucks coffees. I forgot who told me about that, but, uh, the first time I used it was at Western States and man, I tell you, you get 190 calories in the, in the ones I had and, um, it goes down so easy. And then, so you get the sugar boost, you get the calories and you get the caffeine. And so, man, that was a nice treat. I was looking forward to, uh, you know, at, when, at, as it got dark and then I had another one at mile 88 that I was able to take in. So in the evenings is when I I'll do, you know, those of you that know me, I don't drink sodas or Cokes or anything like that normally, but when it comes to racing, uh, at night, especially when I get to an aid station, the two things I like at night are the chicken broth with some noodles. Uh, man, it's so good at night, especially when it's cold and it, so it gives you the salt and the electrolytes. And then you get the, if you got the noodles, you know, that that's some calories. And then, and then I do a few shots of, uh, Coke, you know, not cocaine, Coca-Cola soda. <laughs> so, um, you know, and so you get a nice little little boost, and and it gets you to that next aid station. You know, and so um, so I did a lot of that, and so you know during the day I saw my I saw my times slipping away. Just for a, a reference, on my little my little chart that I keep with me, I had you know twenty four hour. Here's you know what it would look like hitting each aid station, and I was ahead of it for you know I guess good part of the day but when once it got really hot and the elevation started taking its toll the 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 ups and downs and and just started getting tired and the heat uh that began to slip away and and it's kind of funny looking back now that I even had that on there um w- when you look at the time that I ended up finishing so um slugged it out through the night you know, it's funny during the day when it's hot, you're like, oh, just a little while to get to the to the night and then it'll be cool and then I can run. And then you're running at night and, you know, at night it has its own challenges. You're you're trying to navigate. You're trying to, you know, and it gets cold and you got to move to stay warm. And then so all night you're waiting for the morning. And so when the morning hits, it's nice for a while and then it gets hot again. Um so, you know, you're always just looking for that next aid station, looking for that next that you just hanging carrots in front of yourself mentally to get to that next thing, you know, just to keep moving forward. Um, it was tough because uh, Jennifer wasn't there with me and she she doesn't care for me racing, you know, when she can't be there because she worries. And so there was a lot of places on the on this course there was just no connectivity so I tried to text her here and there and so she's up getting up in the morning hadn't heard from me during the night and she's used to me finishing you know under 24 hours she hadn't heard from me and she's going to church and everybody hey pray for David I don't know where he's out in the mountains somewhere and you know it was kind of funny when I went to um to to church on Wednesday night everybody's like hey you you know you're you're alive. <laughs> You're doing good. Cause she's, uh, she was concerned. Um, so I was finally able to text her. I th- 
think Sunday morning, um, I think it was after church Sunday. It was like Sunday at one o'clock and I was still, you know, still hacking away at it. Um, I ended up finishing in, um, 32 hours and 44 minutes. Uh, and like I said, I have never, I think my, my slowest, uh, 24, uh, slowest hundred miler before that was like 22 hours and something. And so that was huge. And, and I've, I've kind of, I don't know, there was something about, I, I've been wanting to do one where I just had to fight through and grind it out. Boy, this was it. This was the one where I, I had to just fight through and grind it out. It was kind of weird seeing that second sunrise and just keep on plugging and, and going and moving. Now, <clears throat> there's a section at the, I, I, I warned the guy because when I did the 50 mile there, I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, at the end, you know, you get on the, the dirt roads to get into fair play and it just seems like it is forever. It's it and it it's for you're like you're waiting for the turn to get into town and you don't get into town and you just keep going and as a curve and then you keep going and as a curve and and that part just seemed like it was forever um, to finally get there and finish and this year it was cool that you got to finish on the track but I want to tell you I thought I was gonna have a burst of energy when I got on the track I did not I was spent I was done I mean I tried to I jogged it by the hardest to come around that track and go into the arch and finish and I just want to say that that john has this thing at 104 it's the silver heels 100 he has it at 104 miles but my gps and i i saw others post the same thing have it at over 107 now you think oh that's just three miles but when you <laughs> when you're when you're ready to be done that three miles is huge especially when it's just three miles of road at the end and so uh so john if you're listening you can cut some little pieces off somewhere um you know the aid station chart was pretty good up until a certain point i mean it was almost right on for i guess the first three four five maybe and then boy it got really off um so i don't know what's changed in the course from there but yeah it's it's over 107 miles so just know if you're going to do this race um you're going to be there a while so uh finishing stats for the race 55 started, uh, 46% finished. Yeah, only 40, I think 25 finished uh, out of the 55 that started. And uh, I came in at, um, I was 11th. I believe the winning time was 26 or 27. And so um, this this is a, yeah, winning time was 2604. Uh, Ryan Nikem from uh, Arizona tucson arizona so hey kudos to him but um so yeah this is a tough race it's a it's it's good it's beautiful um but it's tough it's tough and so you want a, a just a tough race to test your metal um man do silver heels it's a booger but uh it's worth it when you cross the finish line when you have to grind something out like that and you got it i had to dig deep and i had to you know uh, you know, like in every race, you get to some point, every ultra, like I always say, you get to a point where you're ready to drop out and quit. Well, um, you know, I got to that point in this one, but I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep moving. And then you face another 
steep incline with no switchbacks and you just just grind it out man you just take a step at a time i had some inclines where i was just barely take a few steps breathe take a few steps breathe take a few steps breathe and that's not what i'm used to but you know I don't know. I loved it. <laughs> I love it. I just looking back, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I went through it and it was awesome. So, uh, that night I, I planned on camping out a few days. Uh, and you know, after the race, I, I, I messaged Jen and we, we talked and I was like, look, I'm going to go get a, a hotel to stay in for the night so I can get washed up. I was nasty. Uh, my my clothes were uh, just I I there was some stench, and so uh, I went ahead and um, checked in the hotel. Took a uh, they put me in the first floor, which is really good, and I didn't say anything. But they put me in the handicap room, <laughs> and so uh, I guess I wasn't walking real good. But you know, it was nice. They had the chair um, that you could put in the shower and sit on. Dude, it was awesome. I sat down there to clean my feet and my blisters while I was in the shower. It was marvelous. So I highly recommend if you, uh, after an ultra, if you stay in a hotel, man, ask for the handicap room. It's okay. It was good. And so, um, so I did that. I, man, I washed up. I laid down for a little while. I was tired. I was hungry. Uh, so I was more tired first. So I laid down and I uh, started uh, dozed off for a little bit and then the hunger took over. And so that's when I went and get my, um, uh, chicken fried, fried rice, uh, at the, the little Asian fusion place. And, um, and then got some, went to the grocery store and got some more just junk food and, and just ate and, and enjoyed myself. And I slept really well that night. And then I went camping. Uh, I found a place that was not far off the course. Um, part of my, my reason for going and doing the race was afterwards. I wanted to go and, and just have my own little retreat time. And so I was at, uh, just over 10,700 feet. I set up camp and, um, uh, had a good time. I did some, some reading, uh, and just uh, a lot of reflecting and I just want to make note, this is not midweek motivation, but guys, that it's important to do that, to reflect on what's important. And I spent some time uh, reading my Bible, spent some time praying, and it was good. It was good to get away from all of it. I saw not one person, uh, the road that was near the dirt road, the forest service road, whatever it is that was near where, where I was, um, I was there for, you know, a day and a half and not one other car went by ever um it was nice being alone in the mountains uh, i got to take it in i got some downtime and i got to rest mentally and it was much needed uh it was marvelous and so uh, you know want to encourage you i know we can't always do that i can't always do that as much as i'd like but it's important to take time to step away step away from all the craziness uh, and, and, and focus on what's important. And so, uh, I did that and it was, it was great. Packed up camp and then, uh, you know, took my time driving home, listening to, to audio books. So it was a good time. It was a good race. And I, look, I know, like I said, he's a controversial dude, uh, John LaCroix, uh, but he put on a good race. Um, I'm thankful that he was able to do it. I'm thankful for the precautions he put into place. And, um, 
you know, we had a good time. And so uh, hopefully that I know there's some other races that are going on um, and uh, they're putting precautions in. They're doing what needs to be done. I think it's a good thing. Uh, people are longing to be together. And so uh, so if you can, if if you feel like you're you know, you're up to it man, support those races, get out and, and be around others, uh, six feet apart. But, uh, it's good to, to share some runs together and to share some life together. So anyway, hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, take care of yourselves. Um, things are still kind of crazy out there. Things are ticking up. You know, we may have more races just pulled away from us. I, 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 we just don't know. There's so much unknown. Um, so just make sure and take care of yourself. But listen, whether there are races or not, you could still get out there and run, get out there and run and enjoy yourself. And, uh, just don't forget, um, what it's all about. Okay. So you guys take care. God bless. Bye-bye.